Welcome back to season one of the Sci-Fi Book Club podcast. Uh, John, we have to come up with a simpler name for it. Uh, I still don't force it. Okay. Sci-Fi Book Club podcast sounds perfect to me so far. Well, hopefully we can get to it because we've got a lot of content this uh, this episode. I'm pretty. Yeah, excited we always about. do. We always I'm, talk about it. We stay on task. I'm so excited about this episode. Are you? Uh, yeah. Good. I'm excited, and I'll tell you why in just a minute. Uh, for those of you, for those of you just join us, we are podcasting from the Galactic Center. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's 900 years in the future, and we're broadcasting this back to your time from an abandoned spaceship we found. It's got lots of science fiction books and movies and stuff from your time. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, I'm your host Brent Aldrich. Uh, joining me, as always, uh, via holographic projection is John Love. Uh, hello. Hi, John. Hey. How nice, are you? Uh, nice to see you with these holographic eyes once more. Yeah, they're uh, they're they're awfully uh, blue and they're uh, always blue and resplendent today. Uh, I'm not exactly sure what that word means, but I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, today, part of the reason I'm so excited. Ask me why I'm so excited. Uh, why are you so excited? I'm so excited, and I just can't hide it because we've got a lot of other uh, members. I think you want to. I, I'm, I, I, I can't hide it, but I'm trying to. <laughs> Don't. Okay. Um, let so it all out. Let it all just hang keep out. those creepy legs under that table. Uh, <laughs> all seven of them. They're, uh, I have... Don't even, have, mention, don't, don't even mention it. You know how you might cross your two legs, just one over the other? Yeah, like a decent being. I'm crossing three of mine over the other three, and then the fourth one is just, like, tapping the floor. I can hear it. Yeah, good. It's disgusting. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm, I really seriously am so excited because we've got uh, a lot of other folks uh, from the Sci-Fi Book Club who are joining us today mm-hmm. uh, for this episode. Um, so, uh, uh, first of all, uh, just a, a while ago, Brandon Fields got here. Hi, Brandon. Hi. How was your, uh, how was your travel out here? Uh, it was a little cold on my hyperbike, but oh. I made it safely. Which mm-hmm. way did you come? Did you come, uh, through the, through the singularity, or did you, uh... No, I, I bypassed the singularity. Yeah, yeah. 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 Took the long way? Yeah. The scenic route? The scenic route. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being here, man. Oh, you're welcome. It's a long trip out on the old hyperbike. Did you wear your hyper helmet? I did not wear my hyper helmet. You're but gonna... I did have my hyper lights on. Good, good, That's good. Smart. You want to be safe out there. Um, also, uh, Adam Dick and Kristen Overby just got here. Hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. Did you ride your hyperbikes also? We sure didn't. We're actually, uh, it's weird. We were just searching frequencies back in the time. We were about 1,800 years in the past, and we found your frequency. Thought we could... What? Talk this is mind-blowing. Yeah. Say more. Same people on Earth. Ridiculous, so... Well, I don't know. Where, where are you from? You? Where are you from on Earth? Wh- and you wh- you are from Earth. Ford Whistle Wang. When are you from? When am I from? Oh, you know, I don't know the exact year. I'm gonna dig back <laughs> into Fort. I'm gonna dig back into Fort Whistle Wang. But it is in a the second. future. It is the future. Welcome. Welcome. Back into the we forgot a lot on the way here. Yeah. It was a really long trip, and personally, I don't remember as much as he remembers. Yeah. But I did get the broadcast of Interstellar. Yes. So I have a lot to talk about with that. Fantastic. So you received the transmissions we were shooting out into the universe. We sure did. Yeah. That's amazing. We appreciate it. It's pretty boring with all your years at spaceship. What do you you normally do to pass the time? Oh, well, uh, 
you know, we trip out on psychedelics and templar- temporarily lose our uh, memories. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, I have several questions. Uh, 800 years from from the current the current present, which is you know 900 years in the time we're beaming this to is future. That's what. Yeah, so that's what 900 years from the current presence for the listeners past. The double future. Yeah. Right. So I guess one of my questions would be how you could possibly have seen or listened to the podcast or or seen uh sort of seen these films. Uh, 900 years in this, it's from my understanding of history, which is limited. Uh, how did you just see it on the way, like uh, on the travels here? I don't know. Uh, you're <laughs> well, I, I, uh, to be fair, John, I think you're assuming a, a linear timeline of, of history and passage of time. That's true. I, you know, that's all I know, and I think that's the right way to believe it. I don't want to say we have five dimensions, but we have a couple. Excellent. Well, well, that's perfect. You, you also have that. two legs each, which that's a couple legs, and that's the right number. So, congratulations on that. You may, you Thanks. may not, uh, you may not be accustomed to John's uh, John's views on um, human development and creature lean development. No, that mm. sounds very amazed that we have two legs. Uh, yeah, it's I a, wouldn't say amazed. I would say just content, pleased. pleased. Yes, absolutely. You're all right with it. Uh, that's right. Yeah. Well, all this talk about uh, dimensions and space-time uh, has got me thinking that we should jump into uh, to our book and movie for today. Jump in with two legs first. I'm going to jump in uh, head first like a cannonball uh, dive. Uh, where I, I don't hold, think that's how cannonballs work. I hold all seven of my legs. <laughs> Gross. And jump in like a swan dive. Uh, and yell cannonball. That's how a cannonball works, right? No comment. Okay. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, the book Flatland, colon, A Romance of Many Dimensions, uh, written by Earth author Edwin A. Abbott in 1884, uh, and also the film Interstellar, directed by Christopher Nolan in the year 2014. First off, let me just say, uh, did any of, you, any of you guys do the research on what the A in Edwin A. Abbott stands for? I did not do the research. Did you not? No. You're going to be surprised. John? How surprised? Uh, time for our listener challenge. Is How it really? Re- it is. Uh, going back to last, this this, this continues the, uh, the early in the show uh, listener challenge. Uh, last week, I asked you very early on in the show how many legs a future horse had in the Martian Chronicles by Ray Bradbury. I told you during that podcast the answer was 12 and told you to refute me. Nobody called in to do that. Uh, the answer was 12. Uh, this week, uh, the, number of the, ti- the number of times the word Abbott is in Edwin Abbott Abbott's name, uh, the answer is two. Uh, you can please contact us uh, and refute that. But the number is two. That's the answer. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. The A in Edwin A. Abbott also stands for Abbott. Edwin Abbott Abbott. It's a strange thing. Yep. That's a lie. Is it really? Are you are you refuting this? <laughs> no. Bring it on, oh, shit. Brandon. Using During my... the show? <laughs> this is unprecedented. <laughs> I mean, I have my hyper laptop here. Yeah. Hypertop. Hypertop. Sounds like a shoe. Yeah. And uh, I would argue that it's probably Alexis Abbott, or is that wrong? It's hard to tell. 
I'm going to say 100% Edwin Abbott Abbott. 100%? Yep. Sounds like... What, what Actually, 200%, 200% Abbott. I don't know how they did it back then in 1838, but why would you name somebody with two names? Well, uh, you dislike him. Oh, okay. You want for him isn't, to be alone on the playground. Isn't it a little redundant to have... Two names that are the same in one name? I mean, by you could continue that logic to some dangerous places by saying, like, you know, you have one leg. Why would you need two? And that would be a mistake, my friend. <laughs> so let's not get carried away. Okay. okay. Uh, for, for all the listeners in Listener Challenge Land, the answer is two. Please, please refute us. Uh, I'm not going to give out my information to contact me personally, uh, but call into the show. Would you beam into the show? Would you like to um in this this segment of the listener challenge? That is this week's listener challenge. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Brandon, I'm gonna throw it over to you and say, uh, where would you like to jump into Flatland? Oh, where do I want to jump into Flatland? Um, well, I. Yeah, I heard Fratland, too. Have you been to Fratland? I've never been to Fratland. <laughs> We're going to talk about Fratland, which is, like, amazing. It's, uh, they've got hyperbases everywhere. Yeah, yeah. nice. And it's, yeah. I don't know if you guys have listened to the new form of music over there, but mm. it's great. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like Fantastic. it. Very basic. I just want to let you know we've heard it. Oh. Did, but oh. we don't want to ruin it for you. I don't hang out at Fratland. You don't hang out at Fratland. Fratland. Oh. There's like a lot of land scars. Mm. Or any other news question? Yeah, Fratland. Um, it's, uh, it's not a place that uh, I like to go. Well, let's, universe, you decide. Let's, let's get on topic here okay. Okay. and talk about Flatland. Okay, Flatland. no, no tangents on. This we don't podcast. allow tangents on this podcast. So I've got my copy of the book that mm-hmm. I got from your guys' wrecked spaceship. Excellent. I read through it. I hyper highlighted everything that I thought was important. Ripped over it, and I also found a copy. Roaming through the air of the video, which I guess was made around the 1990s. Fantastic. Yes. And my biggest beef was the difference between this book and this video. Uh, not being used to anything but hyper video, mm-hmm. uh, it was really hard for me to adjust to. Mm-hmm. But uh, I buried with it. And, I, and my biggest problem was the sphere was kind of a dick. And I would love to dive into that and see if you guys thought that okay. the sphere was also a dick. Well, let me set the stage for our listeners very quickly. Um, to describe Flatland the book, the main character uh, is a square. A yeah. square. A square. It's not hip to be to so be like, one. So A, A square. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> probably. His middle name probably is also A. Yeah. <laughs> Abbott, Abbott square. I'm assuming. Yeah. It's, I know, it sounds, it sounds like so a... So nice, they named him twice. Sounds like a great book already, right? Yeah. So you've got this square, who's the main character. And when I say a square, I don't mean a backwards gentleman. I mean literally an object with four sides and no depth. Mm-hmm. And by no depth, I don't mean a square with no intellectual understanding. I mean a square with no third dimension. That's right. He only has two dimensions. He lives in Flatland. Um, this mm-hmm. square uh, goes about in Flatland, and we can talk about the different kinds of people and creatures in Flatland. How much depth do you think that the squares in Fratland have? Just sorry, sorry. No tangents, <laughs> I understand. Question. That is a good question. Do you know? No. 
the answer. Somebody please elucidate how much depth the squares in in Fratland have. I do know that property value in Fratland is far more expensive probably than property value in Flatland. I mean, a whole dimension less. I mean, that's I'm assuming you've got to be saving a lot of a lot of murox there. I mean, I'd say that they have a lot of height. However, I'm not sure about some intellectual depth that happens in Fratland. Related question. Uh, we talk in rap a lot in, in, in the future, in the future, in, correct. In the future for, Our for the listeners. Um, and in this future, uh, we like to stack cash as rappers do. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you think that works in, in Flatland? Mm, that's a good Is question. it possible? Well, that's I, my question. I do know that in Flatland, when they make it rain, uh, it only comes from the north. Sure. <laughs> exactly. Shoots out. In lines, mm-hmm. yep. That's well established in the book. That's that's true. That there was a long section in the middle dedicated to stacking or not stacking cash. And like stacking cash, uh, I will, I'm not a hundred percent sure on this, but I'm pretty sure that there is a reference made to a stack of cards, which mm-hmm. we can make a reference to a stack of cash yeah. to that's build true. up three dimensionality. Mm-hmm. So we'll get okay. That's true. <laughs> to continue. A square, living in Flatland, he has two dimensions. He's a square. He uh, he has a psychedelic, trippy dream where he goes to, uh, let's see, where does he go first? Does he go to a line land first? He goes to line land, where they only have one dimension. Um, they're lines. He then, he's point land next? No, they go there later. I'm sorry, okay. Point land's at the very end. I'm sorry, I'm missing up my, my order. So he goes to line land, and he, uh, he, he looks for the line land where they only have one dimension. Uh, then later when he's back in Flatland, in his flat house in Flatland with his flat family, a sphere visits him mm-hmm. from Spaceland. 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 Not as cool as Flatland. Where they have three dimensions. And, you know, it, it, it blows this Flatlander's mind seeing the third dimension. And then later he has uh, another dream of Pointland, uh, which is a single point. Single point. Mm-hmm. Quick note there that it doesn't literally blow his mind. Oh, okay. That's true. Yeah. He retains I know there's a lot of mind-blowing that goes on on Fretland. So, like, literal mind-blowing. So, I don't want to... On Fret- yes. Fretland? Fretland. Okay. But okay. not, apparently, in Fratland, because, again, no intellectual depth. No way. So no minds to blow. No minds to blow. <laughs> Correct. Amen. So, so that's, that's essentially the characters that we have in, in Flatland are the square... And this sphere, uh, this sphere, uh, Brandon, you've uh, you uh, you don't like this guy, huh? Uh, no, I think he's kind of a dick, and he's a, a super big hypocrite. And I'm not a really big fan of hypocrites. Well, describe that to me a little bit. Uh, describe what? Uh, uh, how he's being a hypocrite, because I think that that will get us actually into uh, yeah, yeah, some of the content and also um, the interstellar. I sympathize for the Flatlander A Square mm-hmm. because me. Um, in my dimension, I pursue other greater dimensions, and I have been unsuccess- unsuccessful in venturing into those dimensions. And I, I too, want to venture in dimensions that I cannot travel into. So whenever Square, uh, Sphere comes along and he talks to A-Square, mm-hmm. he brings A-Square physically into the three-dimensional space, into the three-dimensional world of Spaceland. Yeah. And his mind is blown, as you put it. And he realizes the possibilities that there are other dimensions that you can travel into. Yeah. And when he tries to convey this excitement to Sphere, a.k.a. the dick, he shoots him down. Mm-hmm. And so I, I have sympathy for that. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm sorry. Uh, when you say the dick, do you mean our friend Adam Dick here? Uh, I'm not sure. It seems a little confusing to me. He seems like a great guy. Two legs. What's what's the dislike? <laughs> so when I was looking this up, it I, seems pejorative. I, I guess I was, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I was trying to use terminology from the time that we're oh, picking spec to. And, right. I don't know that one. And, yeah, and, and Dick is just like a not very nice person. I guess. Oh, so okay. I think Dick is his actual name, so oh, I'm not sure the roots. Sure. Yeah. All right. So, so as you say it too. So the the sphere uh, shows a square. Look at this beautiful three dimensional world, and um, look at your little you know your little flat two dimensional world down there. And the square is totally into it, right? As you say. And once he figures out the third dimension, has that like conceptual leap, he immediately wants to go to the next. So it's like, what's next? Four right. dimensions, five dimensions. Um, hundred dimensions. And he assumes that the spirit can take him into these dimensions. Right. Which, you know, I, I know a guy down the block mm -hmm. who I go to to venture with other dimensions, but I mean, I have to pay for that kind of stuff, so mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, I understand it's just a point, it's just a point that wanting to go to another dimension and not being able to travel there. That's right. Especially if you can't afford it, and that's, that's really, that's a bummer. Mm -hmm. With hyperbucks, yeah. you can stack. Yeah. Three dimensions, baby! Get with it. Yeah, I think Don't that, you use um, hyperbugs? Do you guys not use hyperbugs? I do. I don't know. I can't say anything for my seven-legged bass-ackwards friend here, but, you know, whatever. Well, we can, we can talk about this later. I have, a, I have a different economic scale that we're working off of on this ship. I think it's going to take off pretty big. Uh, Bitcoin? Yes. It sounds futuristic. Bitcoin? Yeah. They're just like little bits. Oh, okay. They're very oh, small. Coins. Okay. They're tiny coins. We take right. coins and we chop them into smaller bits. Itty bitty. Yeah. Itty bitty spider. Ever heard of it? Too many legs. Mm -hmm. No, I've not heard of that. Well, chop it into eight. You chop it into four pieces. Each one has two legs. That's a bit. <laughs> Pauses on podcasts. Podcast gold. Let's let's have a moment of podcast gold, shall we? Podcast gold. Yeah, you ready for this? Great. There it was. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. That's worth its weight in Bitcoins. That's worth its weight in Bitcoins, I would say. If it was worth its weight in Bitcoins, that wouldn't be too heavy, though. Don't tell them. Well. Well, it depends how yeah, dense the Bitcoins yeah. are. That's a good point. Yeah. I retract. They live in Flatland. Mm -hmm. The Bitcoins live yeah. in Flatland? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So they're infinitely stackable, but they have no... they have no Flatland or Flatland? Flatland. How to confuse anyone? So just to um, just to just to open this up to some extent to um, to start to bring Interstellar the the film into this because I think that when we start getting both these going is when this is going to get really exciting, guys. So on your hats, yeah, your your what kind of hats? Uh, hats. Bowlers. Oh, hyper hats, of uh, course. Oh wow. Well, so in uh, in Flatland we. Uh, we go with a square into the third dimension. He imagines a possible fourth dimension, and the sphere cannot cannot take him to that point, which would essentially be, uh, you know, a, a cube, which he can now imagine. So squaring that or taking like the inside of it and making it another dimension. So so we get we get to the fourth dimension in Flatland, and I think one of the amazing things about this one is it's written in 1884. But the way that he describes these dimensions, you're really able to conceptualize uh, in your brain, like, 
even if for a moment, here's what the fourth dimension could look like or be like. So interstellar, we're working primarily in the fifth dimension, right? The fifth dimension. Well, he enters into a, what's called a tesseract. That's right. And um, they have a visual representation on the screen That's of right. what this area may look like. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of disorienting because you don't really know what's up and what is down. Mm-hmm. Because with three dimensions, you have X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. And with this dimension, it seems that infinity just goes every direction. So mm-hmm. it's very disorienting. So I'm not a total expert on the English language, but what would come after Z, do you think? X, Y, Z, and then hyper-Z. what's the next? Hyper-Z. Yeah. There it is. The Tesseract or also goes Z. in the Hyper-Z uh, axis. You heard yeah. it here first, Universe. Yeah, I mean, talk, a spoiler. trying to think about um, different ways to imagine the fourth okay. dimension. So um, the fourth dimension can be described as as literal space-time, right? So time is all of a sudden um, like a material reality that can be altered with essentially time as a material substance that you can enter into. And so this Tesseract um, combines space and time and the same thing, but then also this ability to manipulate gravity through this. So it's, they talk, I mean, they talk about the science through this, right? Like you need this quantum theory of gravity mm-hmm. um, enabled to reconcile this general relativity with quantum mechanics, blah, blah, blah. So words. So a lot the, of words do happen in both of these books. The book, that's the weird thing about these books words. we've been reading. Like they're full of words. That's right. It seems like a waste of time a little bit. Not saying our podcast is a waste of time for having for having read them, but well, you, you listen know. you listen to the audiobook, so you don't really you don't have to use you your have to I don't know how you could possibly know that. You guys spying on me? What is the deal? You guys from eighteen hundred years in the past, and you think you know about my life? I just keep getting a little blip. Nobody even knows where I am. I'm beamed in. Well, did you see those radio <laughs> receptor things they're wearing around their heads though? I think that's I think that's part of it. I'm doing, I'm doing an aside, so only John can hear me. Yeah, nobody else can hear this. <laughs> uh, but I think they're trying to steal my thoughts. I, well, just wear, wear something around your head so that they can't. Uh, all right, I've got this. I've got a bag of popcorn. For, uh, I'm putting that around my head now. That's not popcorn. It is. I promise. You can, how do you hear me? What's going on? They're all the fucking thought police. Okay, so it's it's interesting to me how we can we can see your holographic body projected, and yes. then we can only see objects as you as you grab them. So we yeah. see this. You've got this bag in your hand, and you're struggling to put on your head right now. It's on my head now. Yeah, I, I punched two holes in the bag. I can see out of it. Okay, things are falling out, and when they fall out, they yeah, you you can't see them anymore. Yeah, I'm curious how that works it. with holographic projection technology. Uh, I could get into it. I really could, but you know, no spoilers for people from nine years past. We're not mm-hmm. trying to give them our the technology. We right. don't want to push them ahead, and then, we might not exist at that point. No, we would alter in their timeline. We would alter the stream of history. We wouldn't exist. <sighs> Make sure those holes are nice and open because well, if not, are. you're not gonna finish this podcast. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yep. There you go. Can you see my blue eyes? Okay. Once more. Yep. That's right. Here's Great. Thank you. Um, so interstellar, we've got, we've got a tesseract, which is this, this opening of space time. We've got this ability to move through that space time and particular to manipulate that space time with gravity, um, which can cross these other dimensions. 
I would uh, I would maybe open it up to some of you guys too now who are our interstellar experts. It sounds like where where do you want to jump into this? You don't have to talk about dimensions. You can talk about the cornfield if you like. Jump in both feet first is my recommendation. Both feet first. Two out of two. Yeah. Or as many as you like. Universe. <laughs> Universe. You decide. I have one big observation from okay. Interstellar. When I saw this, I was thinking that they were saying how the Tesseract was built, mm -hmm. and you know they didn't know who built it. Yeah. And can I spoil it? You for can 900 please spoil you know? everything. So. The fruit, the film, they, everything. I mean, they might have seen the film, hypothetically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hopefully they've seen it already. This would be more. They've had 900 years to see it. Okay, awesome. So they determined that the humans built it mm -hmm. for them. And I'm wondering if the movie Interstellar was made mm -hmm. in a very distant future for us to see as a guidebook mm -hmm. for how we're going to solve our own problems here on Earth, how humans mm -hmm. will solve their own problems. So you're saying that the film Interstellar was made in a future time? Yes, as a popular movie yeah. so that millions mm. of people would see it Interesting. and then follow follow what was happening. Does All of it was valid. That's mm -hmm. what. Does that mean Matthew McConaughey lives hundreds of years? Well, we don't know their video capabilities and yeah. their, you mm -hmm. know, Photoshop capabilities might be beyond our understand. Yeah, Photoshop CS 9000. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to bet that uh, Matthew McConaughey does uh, live, hmm. you know, Outside, I just ran into outside that guy a couple weeks ago. Where at? Yeah, I just scored some dimension-exploring substances from mm -hmm. him. He's a pretty shady character when he's not filming. Mm -hmm. but, uh, well, it's a shame. It's, I know. thought he was wholesome. It had to be. It had to be Matt McConaughey. It looked just like him. Mm -hmm. Well, with the Clone Wars, oh, they said too much. Oh, yes. And the rep. Yeah. It could oh. have been a clone. I didn't even think oh, about it. Wow. Uh, universe, you decide. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, the one thing... Uh, Christopher Nolan, I feel like all of his films were written from the future. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got, you've got Batman, mm -hmm. uh, and you've got Bane, mm -hmm. and, uh, I mean, those obviously, you know, nobody, nobody talks like Bane does in the, in their current present from no as way. far as I know. No way. Uh, you know, like roughly a hundred years in your guys' future, uh, listening, everybody will talk like Bane does in the, in the Christopher Nolan Batman movies. Which is like this! He talks like Bane! So, if you don't want to uh, listen to people talk like that, uh, quit trying to live forever. Because yeah, right. you're going to be disappointed. Roughly 100 years from your current present. So, uh, I, I think that the, the just the idea of the Tesseract is probably something to talk about. I mean, so Kristen, as you brought up, there's this, what? There's essentially the, um, my words are escaping me. This thing in outer space that we discover near Saturn, it's a black hole. A wormhole. Wormhole. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They discover the wormhole first, mm -hmm. which, again, isn't a natural occurring phenomenon. So somebody placed it there, and they mm -hmm. all assumed it was um, right. an indiscernible life form, not mm -hmm. a descendant of humans. Yes. I remember the first time I went to a wormhole. Was it a Fratland? It was not a Fratland. Okay, it's good. A, yeah. A couple of hypermiles down from Flatland, though. Yeah. Was it a hyperhole? It was not a hyperhole. Oh, okay. Have you got through a hyperhole since? No, I, I, I've done one too many hyperholes in my day. So the, the Tesseract in, uh, in Interstellar, when, uh, when old Matt McConaughey 
1.0 gets in the Tesseract, he can, he's in the fifth dimension, right? And he can interact with, with time and space. And the Tesseract is essentially what allows him to communicate with gravity across these other dimensions. In Flatland, we don't really get a Tesseract. And I was also just trying to, you know, think a little bit about some other, and, and these are only helpful probably to me because I didn't tell you all about these, but, um, you know, I looked at A Wrinkle in Time, the book, which we should maybe do in a future podcast, where they are tesseracting all over the place. And what talk does about tesseracting it. look like? Well, that's, I want to talk about that in just a second. Okay, Hold we, we should a, talk about put that. Put a pen in that, because that's next. Nice. Okay. And then also in um, Josh Whedon's The Avengers, there's also this tesseract, which um, like carry it around in a little box and then pop it open. And so I think that's another oh, interesting okay, visual. Okay. Do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, the tesseract question? is yeah. Uh, really confusing to me. I know that in the book Flatland, they talk about the third dimension being third to the third power. Is that correct? Is the that... which dimension? Well, I, I was just curious that if three to the fourth power is a tesseract, I, I've been way too dimension, way too much dimension traveling to be able to understand. Yes, where my, my math, my math skills okay. are not very strong. So it yes. could be a perception thing too. Mm-hmm. So it's from the perception of That's a right. square. So it's harder for when you're in the perception of a different dimension. Mm-hmm. I have some raw sketches of what a tesseract would look like, and it's mm-hmm. a square within a square connected yes. on four points. Sure. So I Let's, didn't see one of those in the movie Interstellar. I didn't see this. So uh, for all of you at home, we're having a moment of podcast gold right now while we all look at a, an image on a screen. I didn't see how it resembles the Tesseract in Interstellar. Yeah. How do, how do you, where do you see Because it was a lot of, it was a lot of cubes infinitely going and showing just one um, there's, room. There's that part where um, the Tesseract was closing and uh, TARS is kind of telling Matthew McConaughey. It's closing. You could see on the distance it collapsing on itself. And okay. You see how it kind okay. of. The walls like became squares. two dimension and they were all squares folding in on itself. Yeah. I've never been able to afford my own Tesseract, but I can imagine that inside of it that it could fold on itself. A lot of Bitcoin required. Yes. Mm-hmm. Too much Bitcoin. Yes. Mm-hmm. Many. Got money for that. I don't even know if I could travel with that much Bitcoin on my hyperbike because it's actually so dense. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that that's one of the interesting things is trying to visualize in film, which is essentially a two-dimensional medium, um, which approximates three-dimensional representational space, yeah, to, to try to show okay. another dimension. It's a difficult challenge, but a good, a good director, and a director from the future can do something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think that, um, you know, I was looking again at A Wrinkle in Time because they travel exactly the same way. Um, the thing that maybe they have in, in writing that might be an advantage, might be a disadvantage, is that you don't actually get to see it. You have to kind of imagine it, right? And so in this, I'm just going to read a little bit of, of what it's like when yeah. they're tessering. Audiobook. Um, audi- oh, yeah, we've been audiobook. Audiobook so it's like, time. It's like yep. when I read something and you can just listen to it. Right, when you read a book for people to listen to, yeah. this is called an audiobook. Oh, that'd be so mm. much easier. Yeah. Just to kind of look at all these words. Well, here, exactly. see, see if you like you this. You talked about words. Yeah. No light, no sound, no feeling. Where was her body? She tried to move in her panic, but there was nothing to move. Just as light and sound had vanished, she was gone too. The corporeal Meg simply was not. 
That seems very different from uh, the film that I watched in a stellar. Yeah, he was definitely connected. Mm-hmm. And he had time. And he had perception. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, the way they talk about it is uh, TARS says that they've constructed this reality for him to perceive the fifth mm-hmm. dimension. So it's not that he's actually in the fifth dimension. He's been given this like tool, this... Mm-hmm. It's like window. Who was given? Uh, Matthew McConaughey, which I don't remember Matthew McConaughey's character. Matthew McConaughey 1.0. Matthew McConaughey. Okay, sorry. It's clear. 1.0. Eminem. Not the one. Two blocks down. Uh, The one from those awesome Lincoln commercials. Lincoln, they make hyperbakes these days, don't they? So yeah. So what you're saying is what we saw was his perception of reality, but if we saw how reality was actually happening. He would too be invisible throughout that. You guys are a little mentioned. more. I'm, I'm not quite sure if that's the answer, but but all I know is that they had constructed that reality for him. So I don't know what was so actually. So you can understand yeah, his so travel. That, so that him and, and uh, Tars could understand what they were seeing, mm-hmm. okay. which was okay. infinite space and time in one single point. Mm-hmm. So there is an enclosure, though. Or yes. There is no enclosure because if there is a tesseract, it has a beginning and an end. Yeah. Oh, we're talking about the tesseract specifically, or when they were going through the wormhole or the black hole, because those are all other times that they're going through. We're talking. About you guys know a little more about the film than yeah. I did. Which one do you? Mine, mine was horrible quality, so maybe you guys got a little more. <laughs> we were we were pretty bored during our travel, so we each watched mm. it a couple multiple times. Excellent. Yeah. So. The part I'm referring to is where there is a, a, a thing full of books, I guess that's what they are, and sure. he's interacting with these books that aren't really there. They're in another time. What happened before then to get him into that point? Well, I think the key word that you said was before, and you can't think about it as before because all the time is happening at the same time. So that's what we were saying earlier. Somebody built the Tesseract for him to understand, so they've made it look three-dimensional. Sorry, I think this is what you were trying to yeah, say. Yeah, it's exactly was, So they made it look three-dimensional so that he could interact with it, and it was future human forms who are always putting these things in place to save the human race, which is why All I right. said right. that someone made this movie for us mm-hmm. in order for us to understand this. That makes it a little less hazy for me. But, so you were also describing though there are some differences between that moment and then like when they're for instance on that planet near the black hole or they're going through it. Um, did you want to talk about any of those or are we still? Yeah, um, for people maybe who didn't catch everything, the character who got stranded on the spaceship Wrong explained. Wrong yes, was he explaining the? Wormhole, mm-hmm. as they approached the wormhole early in the movie, um, it looked more like a sphere, mm-hmm. which reminds me of the book mm-hmm. that you had read. Right. Um, and how once you entered the sphere, you were directly somewhere else far away because you had also crossed a dimension for those places to be held in the same, what seems like a point, but is represented yeah. in, as a sphere. So, so that was yeah. crossing dimensions. And they were—they didn't disappear, like you said, in a wrinkle in time when they mm-hmm. went through the wormhole. So when he's describing that too, he makes that little drawing where it's like, yeah, that's what I was X. Yeah, here's another X. You can go sort of the long way, which is travel the speed of light and go in a straight, straight line. line. 
Um, there's almost the same drawing here in Wrinkle in Time, which I think is interesting. Oh, yeah. I have um, recently dug up in my backyard a film called The Event Horizon, and okay. they make a very similar reference okay. also about traveling. It's great. So if this one, if you've got a little ant and it wants to get from one of your hands to another across a string for some reason... You just smash it because it has too many legs. Well, again, universe, some people in the future, I know, it's still a thing. Universe, you decide before it's too late. So they could walk all the way across the string, or you could you could pull your fingers close together, and it could just walk right across, essentially mm. compressing the space-time. The yeah, if you trample. imagine the ant is a flatlander, yeah. and he's walking across the line, mm-hmm. if the string was a straight line, so if you just diminish the dimensions, then that's, that's how it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the exact same thing. Well, here's what we should talk about, perhaps. There's a, there's a few things in Flatland that I'd like to set up before we kind of bring them back together. So in Flatland itself, not the book, but Flatland the world, you've got um, a lot of descriptions about the different, the different uh, social classes. Mm. And um, so the, the square, who's the author of this book, would be in the professionals and gentlemen Class. Mm-hmm. He's a lawyer. He's a lawyer. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, if we if we work down the social order, let's say uh, the middle class are equilateral triangles. All their sides are equal. The soldiers and the low lower working class are isosceles triangles. Which, so for it, those who don't know, is a sharp point at one. Mm-hmm. Got it. The the women are just straight lines, and uh, we'll we'll return to that point. I want to talk about that. Um, moving up the ranks from the squares, though, there's the nobility, which are, uh, they start at hexagons, which have six sides, and then they go on up, and the closer they approach to a circle, you get to the the, um, the priestly order of mm-hmm. circles. So your your class is essentially determined by your shape in, in this, in Flatland. That's the one thing. Uh, as... As this square goes out of that flatland into spaceland, and he's able to sort of see all of this existing, um, he seems to have some like uh, you know crisis of of the established order and probably inherently of this class system. So you can read flatland essentially as this gigantic social critique of class structure in 1880s England. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, you could also, one, one class you forgot, uh, which are also above women in this world, were the, uh, the non-uniform uh, triangles. Uh, so there were, um, I can't remember the name already, uh, isosceles triangles, which yeah. have one even more acute angle, more acute than 60 degrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's triangles that have two unequal angles, and, and those are still above women. Uh, well, I mean, basically what I want to say about this whole thing is that different sizes of people, uh, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Two legs is fine. But, you know, otherwise, what the hell are we talking about? Different sizes of people does, doesn't make any sense. Why yeah. should that determine anything? That's right. Essentially. A fun little tidbit to add on to that is that from the book to the movie, in the movie they only have sim- simple geometric shapes, like squares 
pyramids and circles, or spheres, I'm sorry. Okay. So I thought it was really interesting they didn't have these unequal shapes mm -hmm. in the film. How about, how about the women? The women were represented the exact same okay. way in the book. So the, the relationship and all the descriptions about the women in this book are one of the most interesting things because the way that double A... Double A squared? Yeah. Edwin double A sets it up is to go into like great detail about sort of how poorly these the women are treated. And, and by the end of the book and talking with the sphere, there's really this whole like shift in consciousness about their their role in flatland society mm -hmm. um so there's actually this amazing like social criticism happening right. throughout the course of the book it's also very interesting i think because uh there's there's a section in the book about how well since like the soldier class since they have this one sharper angle sharper than 60 degrees they are some of the most dangerous shapes yeah uh, Right, Get, was getting there. Oh, so yeah, sorry, have, sorry, no, it's all good. No worries. Uh, I haven't cut anybody off ever, but it's okay. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, so they have one sharper angle, which makes them more dangerous. But the women are the most dangerous of all shapes because they are basically shaped like needles. And even to the the most upper class, the circles, uh, they could still sort of kill them uh, almost on accident sometimes. Yep. So. So I think that's uh, that's an interesting part of the social commentary that you know these women who are downtrodden and looked looked down upon the lowest ranking class are also some of the most dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that's that's a pretty pretty genius insight by old A. A. Abbott. Uh, also, uh, on the opposite end of that of the scale, their hierarchy, the circles they reference. Um, they they do have very very minute sides. So mm -hmm. even these circles. Right. Uh, vicious air quotes around circles because, mm. you know, they might have 600 sides and it'll be a 600-sided shape and it makes them appear to be circles. That's right. But they still got just a lot of corners. Uh, there's there's no perfect circles in this world and they're all sort of putting on airs to pretend that they're circles. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's a pretty interesting comment too. I mean, you could talk about the emperor wearing no clothes. Mm -hmm. um, our, I mean, in my family's more recent updated version of that, the emperor has three legs uh, you know, these guys that try and hide who they really are, uh, Emperor pretending he has two legs when he has three, you know, it's disgusting, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a ridiculous abuse of power. Yes, okay. they do. It's a, usually a very weak leg, so, because they don't work it out. They, they do a lot of squats, but they don't squat with that leg. Okay. So the other one, yeah, it's foldable, uh, has pretty weak, weak bone structure inside of it. So, yeah, but regardless, that's getting slightly off topic. Basically, uh, the power in this world is, is sort of artificial, uh, and the people that are downtrodden are also the most dangerous. It's pretty genius social commentary yeah. uh, through through um, the guise of this geometrical world. It's what do you make of the peace cry? Well, let's let's talk about the peace cry for a moment, just to set the stage here. So, um, in describing what women have to do so that they, to sort of reduce their, how dangerous they are to this male order, there are several things that are by law they have to do. Yep. One, they have to uh, have a peace cry mm -hmm. that they continually are singing or humming or whatever, this peace cry, so that mm -hmm. we can hear them coming. 
I want to talk about this part too because I think old Double A is being kind of hilarious. He he says that uh, in some of the states there's an additional law forbidding females under penalty of death from walking or standing in any public place without moving their backs constantly from right to left. Later he goes on to say, let's see. Also, the rhythmic, the rhythmical, and if I may say so, well modulated undulation of the back in Our Lady's circular rank is envied and imitated by the wife of commoner. So basically, they have to shake their asses at all times. Baby got back. Uh, yeah. Am I right? <laughs> Let me add on to that. They also have a separate door to enter That's the right. house. They are not allowed to enter the other door in the house. I think your original question, as we got deeper into this, which I'm glad because I wasn't able to read it was how, after understanding a deeper dimension, they, the, the main character thought that there wasn't as much of a purpose to all these classes? Is yep, that right? you were absolutely correct. So is that because, or do you all think that is because when you can see in that other dimension that um, the importance of what's going on in the dimension beneath it is just overshadowed by... By the long trajectory of things, or is that something to talk about? That's absolutely. I was hoping we would get into that. And here we are. You were hoping. (laughs) And here we we are. We got there. Okay. We're there, man. That was a little out of my reach. I'm sorry. You guys, those antennas on your heads. I don't know if you guys are like picking up something that I don't know. Yeah, we're practicing with this telepathy and some new technology. That was actually the insight I had. Took it out of my brain. Put the bag back Yeah, sorry. I took I took the bag of popcorn on my head for a short period of time. It's back now. There you go. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Watch out, man. Oh, we're oh getting a, we're getting a transmission, guys. Don't worry. Don't be alarmed. It's only a uh, commercial break coming through. So let's uh let's cut to commercials and we'll be right back. Fallen off your hyperbike recently and fallen onto your hyper ass and put a hyper scar onto your hyper ass? Yep. Try our new hyper chaps for you on your hyperbike and your hyper ass will thank you. How y'all doing? I'm Matthew McConaughey, 1.3 version. See, life's about what you make it. And I make it by driving my space Lincoln from the hyper company. Real hyper. And we're back. How about those hyper chaps, Brandon? That sounds like something you could use. Man, if I had a hyper dollar for every hyper time I fell off my hyper bike. Yeah, or like a stack of bitcoins. Oh man, I couldn't even afford a bitcoin. Well, you know. What do you think that? Uh, what's the current like translation between bitcoins and hyper dollars? Well, whenever I go talk to Matt McConaughey, three point seven, I usually give him like uh, a pretty good handful of sure. hyper dollars. I don't. I don't even count anymore. And he gives you a pretty good handful of hyper weed. Yeah, he does. Right. He does. It's an even trade. But handful for handful. One time, I gave him a hyper bit, which you guys haven't even seen hyper bits. Wow. They're they're fun around here. Sounds crazy. But uh, you wouldn't even want to believe the bag of hyper butt I got from that. Oh. <laughs> hey, I don't know what was just happening, but this is season one of the Sci Fi Book Club podcast. Episode 3.5, Two Legs. 
I don't know what that means. But 3.5, you might be asking? Yep. What does that mean? You might be asking that. And if you are, the correct answer is... Uh, let me break this down into race terminology. What do you mean when you say race? <laughs> I don't mean uh, like the human race or skin, skin tone, which is absurd. What I mean is... Have you guys heard of the Tour de France? Oh, like on the planet On the France. planet France. They race their hyperbikes. Yeah. And uh, the race is broken into stages or legs, which is the term I prefer. Uh, and so we wanted this uh, episode three to have some, some leg symmetry, have two legs, ideally, uh, in the perfect amount of legs. I, you know... Good. I was thinking about I was thinking about uh, how they how they break like hyper swimming down into heats and uh, mm -hmm. you know you start off with your with your your first heat that let's be honest should they be on the hyper swim team no probably not they're just they're one stroke away from hyper drowning yeah so what we're saying listeners is you're about to get to the uh, the A team of the hyper swim team of podcasts from 900 years in the future. Yes, that's also why my my choice to call it legs uh, is just as good because the uh, the, you know, the the people in the in the first leg are also going to be in the second leg, and that's true. Nobody comes or goes. We're all still here. Also, I the one of the first things you'll hear after this uh, lovely and very beneficial and useful intro is me yell uh, the word fuck. Uh, so I wanted to do, say it again here for symmetry. So with that, stick around, podcast listeners, and uh, enjoy 3.5. Bye! So I, I think right before Hold the, on, uh, one second. Okay. <laughs> Give me a second. Have you got a point to make? Uh, hold on, let me, take, let me take the popcorn bag off of my head. Well, you know that we don't. Don't do that, no! It's off, all right? The bag is off. Well, I'm just saying. Yeah. The bag is off. This is this is the segment that we always want to get to, the axe to grind. This week, my axe to grind is these motherfuckers who think that they can just read my thoughts when I don't wear a popcorn bag on my head. So the question I have to ask and the axe that I have to grind is when are you from? When are you from, and what's your deal? When am I from? When are you guys? What are you? When are you from? These. You Do you know. guys even well, know when you're from? Yeah. I just yeah. need that to be. I just need to be specified because I, you know, I'm confused. But when right. you're from? And when I we want, get back to our ship, we're not sure what person. year it's gonna be. <sighs> no idea. So it's really hard because we've we've been away from our home planet for mm -hmm. a long time, and what we've learned is that uh, memory doesn't always transcend as laterally as mm -hmm. people thought that it did. Mm -hmm. So. You guys Sorry about so it's got to like catch up with us. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to you on the when when we get That's back to the ship. That's a good way to describe ship. that. It's got to catch back up to us. Things have been coming back, little, little blurbs. Mm -hmm. you know, so but sometimes it's from your mind, sometimes it's from my we don't past. Know, we don't know Everyone's what's... Everyone's memory is just flying in. And that is my axe to grind. <laughs> <laughs> good, good segment there. Thank you. Yeah, I think uh, we should we should probably pay attention to the Galactic Academies for that one. Hold on, let me put my popcorn back back, back on my head. Okay, just in case. I'm nervous. Uh, well, my thoughts are my own. Good, good, good. Keep them between you and that uh, greasy inside of that bag. Thank you.
Keeps my, keeps my skin well moisturized. You're I haven't had chapped lips in 900 years. It's good. Is that your secret? Pop secret. Good. I, I think Popcorn brand. I think before we received that commercial transmission, uh, we, were, we were talking about women in Flatland. They're just lines, and uh, they can't get no breaks. However, uh, as, as we started to get to, when... The square goes out of Flatland into Spaceland with the sphere. Um, and they can look back down and they're talking about, you know, Flatland etiquette and just uh, class systems. They're, they're talking in particular about these, you know, how the class system works. The circle is a higher beam than a straight line. And the sphere says to the square, many quotes. This is an audio book, guys. Many Are you making a knock-knock joke? Uh, the sphere says to the square. Knock-knock. Who's square? Is this kind of like the one about the hyper priest? And... Yeah, and the hyper rabbi. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a little different. Oh, they okay. walk into a hyper bar. Yeah. Oh wait, this is a woman. <laughs> That's a punchline. <laughs> oh. That's the hyper punchline. Wow. Let me press uh, the sound effect machine sorry. and see if we have a hilarious drum roll uh, to a to a to close your punchline. File not found. Nope. I'm gonna have to get this thing looked at. Uh, the sphere looks down with the square and says, quote, Many of the best and wisest in Spaceland think more of the affections than of the understanding, more of your despised straight lines than of your belauded circles. And, uh, and later, in the second edition to Flatland, when it was published, apparently a lot of people read Flatland and like didn't get it, didn't get that it was satire and like class critique. And so he, double A, included a uh, new introduction clarifying, like, no, guys, uh, this, is, this is intended at you. So he, or no, he writes as an editor representing the sphere, or the, the square. I'm so sorry. These dimensions, you know, what dimension am I even in right now? How do you know you're finished? It's uh, hard to tell. How much hyperplay did you have earlier? Where do you even start? <laughs> he says, uh, personally, he, the square, now inclines to the opinion of the sphere, that the straight lines, the women, are in many important respects superior to the circles. Um, but writing as a historian in Flatland, he's identified himself perhaps too closely with the views generally adopted by Flatland. So the square does seem to have this like... So fun fact, real yeah. quick to throw it on there, Brent, Please. that it was actually published, first published in 1884 mm-hmm. under the pseudonym A-square. Fantastic. So our bro AA mm-hmm. actually was anonymous at that point. No wonder people were confused. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Well, so I'm going to throw some things out there, and you can see if any of it sticks. So I, I would say that when the square travels out of Flatland into Spaceland, he, to some extent, has this, um, like, he transcends his, uh, his own time and space and... Um, and I think thinking about Flatland and Interstellar, and to some extent, actually, A Wrinkle in Time, which I know you guys haven't read, but in, in all of those, I think that there's this shared theme where these higher dimensions imply some kind of higher level of consciousness or, like, love, for instance, kind of comes up in all of these. So in, in Flatland, um, early on, when the square is describing how they know each other says, you know, there's this site, there's this, um, this 
feeling. But the gradient. Yeah, yeah, of the gradient. He, he says this thing that I really like where, uh, when they're talking about sight recognition and how, you know, you want to be able to recognize people by sight. You don't want to have to feel everybody. Like, the circles don't, don't feel each other. That's like a, a stigmatized. Yeah, it, it's totally lowbrow. And he says, uh, there's this quote that I love where he says, you know, this is, this is why people need equal sides. You can't have these irregularities in flatland. Sides need to be equal, not unequal. We need to be able to estimate by sight. And he says, if, if not, if we had to actually, like, spend the time with another shape, he says, quote, life would be too short for such a tedious groping. And, uh, you know, like, it would take, it would just take too long to, like, spend time with people, basically. Right. Irregulars and, are led to execution, much yeah. like John and irregular leg forms. Well, I mean, I was going to give that from the opposite perspective uh, of somebody who's rational. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if I see somebody with three legs or more, also one leg or less, you know, you don't want to spend time with them. You're wasting your time spending time with them, you know? So, I, so on this point only, otherwise I think this guy is a goddamn sightist, which is horrible, uh, it's offensive, uh, but on this particular point, I agree. So you are not a chromatist if you were in Flatland? Right. Okay. okay. Uh, so you are, you are for the abolishment of... I'm for the abolishment of more or less than two legs, oh, if that's okay. what you're asking. Okay, okay. Well, no, but yes. he's happy that you can make distinctions on people easily based on the number of legs. Right. It's, it's, just, it's a quick, you know, it's a quick yeah, cheat sheet, yeah, if you will. you're going to talk to and you're not going to talk to. Sounds an yeah. awful lot like sadism to me, John. Uh, well, you know, you're wrong. You have seven legs. I understand how you could be deficient in the understanding, the subtleties of my understanding, but, yeah. you know. So in T Tomato, tomato, as right. they say in two-leg world. Tomato, tomato? <laughs> Seven-leg idiot. <laughs> so when the square dreams of Pointland... And he meets uh, the one character in Pointland who thinks he's the, the king and the monarch. Uh, he, he says about him that this, this figure in Pointland cannot conceive of any other except himself. Yeah, the pretty awesome part about this is yeah. that even when they try to speak to the point in That's Pointland, right. he perceives it as his own thoughts, That's which right. is pretty awesome to think about. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I have the same problems all the time where mm -hmm. I hear great thoughts and I think they're my own. Yeah. So. Can't get beyond yourself. Yeah. So in Interstellar, I'd, I'd like to make the argument and see if people agree. I think that, um, you know, there's this quote in there where, uh, what's her name? Actress Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway, yeah. Anne Hathaway says to Matt McConaughey 1.0, uh, love is the only thing. Wow, a little uh, turbulence on the ship there. Love is the only thing that transcends dimensions of time and space. And so when uh, Matt McConaughey gets inside the Tesseract... 1.0. 1.0, yeah. Thank Sorry. you. Sorry. He gets inside the Tesseract. Um, he, he's manipulating gravity to cross time and space, but it seems as if it's motivated by love, which they, as they refer to here, they say that can also cross dimensions of time and space. It's not bounded by the same kind of dimensions that we, that we think about. In, in A Wrinkle in Time, just to throw this out there, just to say the same thing, they, there's a similar thing. There's this, like, darkness that's overtaking the planet. 
and the way that that's broken out of is is love again. Yeah. And so I think in all three of these, there's this implication that essentially higher levels of consciousness or like what like love are equated with higher dimensions. I think that's kind of an amazing thought, mm -hmm. um, even for our own three-dimensional time 900 years ago. Mm -hmm. So even though it's uh, it's flattering, I feel like I need to bring up that in the same way that uh, the word dick, the pejorative, was not referring to our friend Adam Dick. No. No. Love here, the obvious, uh, you know, I'm glad to accept the accolades, but love is not referring to me, uh, John Love, uh, the, the two-legged being. Even though I do have two legs, so love sort of naturally accumulates around me, it's not specifically about me. It's something different for the 900 years in the past. Yeah, that was a yeah. good clarification. Yeah, yeah. It, seemed, it seemed necessary to, to make. I was getting caught up on the love thing. I, you yeah. know, it happens. It happens. No so way. the emotion... Yes. Or what one could call an emotion. Mm -hmm. love. The extra-dimensional attachment uh, or enamor, uh, enamor, amorous relationship to another person. Uh, so, I believe we were talking about. It doesn't not, have to be a person if it's... Um, beings of other dimensions, sure. incomprehensibly, they're they're not you know, they're not their people. Is my popcorn bag slipping so, off of my oh, head? You just pull it right out of my head. So if I may, let, let me share yeah. with the group my favorite quote that is totally relevant. Revel, are you going Are you going to relevant? Sure. Is totally, no, and uh, I, yeah, I, let me just read. You going to audiobook this for us? Yeah, I will audio. Is that, audiobook. Is that you you heard it here first, universe. Yeah. Oh, this is audiobook. Well, let me, let me audiobook this to you all. So, only three are spatial. The fourth is temporal. And we are unable to move freely in time. We cannot return to days gone by, nor avoid the coming of tomorrow. So, that's a quote I really like in this, mm -hmm. this uh, book, Flatland. So, how does that relate to what you guys are talking about with love, being able to transcend the dimensions. I think another uh, quote by Anne Hathaway in the movie was that for a being that can um, for a being that can walk through a higher dimension than we can perhaps um, they can see time as like a canyon mm -hmm. that they can walk down and the yeah they what is spatial to them is is something beyond our control so the quote in this book is somebody who is limited and they cannot venture into yeah. the future or the past. So the humans in Interstellar can't, you can't go back in time. You can only do time again is a really common mm. phrase if that's You can't iterating. go back in time. You can only do time again. Yeah, you so can't like a do memory something that happened. Or a recording. No, you guys just know more about the, the film than I do, so I'm just picking your brain okay. on it. Yeah, because um, as humans, you can't walk through time any way you want, and so hmm. he cannot go through his dimension so, above himself any way he wants. He just has right. this perception of it. So yeah. even when he's in the Tesseract, and he is actually breaking in that mold of being able to venture into the future or the past, he is still, his physical self, sure. unable to venture From what in. I understand, but, but I'm no astrophysicist, so... Yeah. He, he can't venture into that time, but he can experience and see it. Uh -huh. Okay. And the only, the only um, way he can affect it is with 
gravity. This really weird like, gravity thing. All right, all right. Is that a new concept to interstellar as far as um, 900 years ago? I know a lot of Interstellar was based off of that present knowledge, mm -hmm. but was the gravity thought and theory that they used new? I, I think to some extent. Um, and love. And I'm I'm no I'm no expert in in 2014 uh, astrophysics. Who is? Yeah, but uh, but I, I do think that they were there were theories that were trying to use gravity in the fifth dimension essentially join gravity with like electromagnetism and space-time. So I think that it absolutely was relevant at the time. So that crosses the space-time. Totally. What you're saying. Yes, so gravity being the thing that can cross that space-time. That's um, actually... Uh, which makes sense. Well, and, and the difficulty, as they do Sorry. talk about in the film, you hey, should quick be... Quick people off. ...is that general <laughs> relativity and quantum mechanics. So this is kind of the Einstein, where Einstein's... General relativity breaks down. Einstein 1.0 is when you get into quantum. Oh yeah, of course, of course. Einstein 1.0. Just check. Yeah, where where quantum enters in, it doesn't quite jive with general relativity. It definitely falls apart, like within the black holes. Yeah, let me let me interrupt yeah, you real please. quick and know that Einstein is famous for saying many times mm -hmm. that past and future is just an elaborate illusion, mm -hmm. and those aren't his exact words, but. Pretty much that those are an illusion, and everything is one mm -hmm. being. So past and future is one point, mm -hmm. and you're able to view them. And in this tesseract, Matt McConaughey 1.0 is mm -hmm. able to venture through time and through space mm -hmm. in this tesseract. But the moments are happening at the same time. Yes. Exactly. So when the so book fell, one he point. was already doing it, even though he was mm -hmm. exactly in the room. So yeah. it's just, like I said. So past and present is an illusion. Mm -hmm. Actually, all occurring at one point. That's how we understand. Yes. Mm -hmm. yep. so, and I that's what the Tesseract is trying to visualize for him. Mm -hmm. Right. And to understand it. Mm -hmm. Oh, and fun fact. Uh, we upon, really like the Tesseract. <laughs> yeah, we do. Upon this monitor that Brent has in front of him earlier, John asked what comes behind X, Y, and Z. Mm. W actually comes after X, Y, and Z. Mm. Just to clarify in the Tesseract. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. What else do you guys want to say about the, the, about the Tesseract? <laughs> or what else do you want well, to say about... Well, from a movie standpoint, that's yeah. a pretty um, climactic moment yeah. when you're understanding... Yeah. Uh, it's, it's pretty important, the movie, to, to make the Tesseract believable and make the audience understand it. Because if people are... I know, like, my mother mm -hmm. um, was not understanding that at was all. Was your mother with you when you she watched was, the movie? No, the third time. Mm -hmm. Okay. okay. Um, but she left the spaceship. We jettisoned her back to where we were coming from. That just came to me uh, as we were talking. Oh, your memories are. are yeah, they, they they slowly start to yeah. fade back. Yeah. I have that but same so problem. We jettisoned her out of there because you know, come on, mom. Of course. Get out of here. Uh, Is that mom one point Yeah, yeah, mom one <laughs> She's pretty young. What was I saying? About the Tesseract in, in a film. You were saying that so for, um, um, for a scene. Yeah, it's we're, we're the, we're the sci-fi book club. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and your mom's not part of the sci-fi book club. Is that what you're trying to get at? Yeah, I'm trying to say. Does she know the important. one rule of sci-fi book club? What? You don't talk about it? Mm. We don't talk about it. There is one rule, we don't talk about it. Right on. You're right on that, but that's not the actual rule. 
Go is on. That, is Sorry. that the first rule of sci-fi? No, the first rule is we don't talk about... We need to get back to... Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had to scramble that because we can't actually talk about it. We had to scramble that, the thing that I just said, because we can't uh, talk about it in the sci-fi book club. Oh. I, hit, I hit the scramble button because we have a scramble button. I, uh, I also have a scramble button. No? Well, it's probably scramble button 1.0. Exclusively We have 3.9 here. Oh, okay. We're way advanced in the scramble button. Well, I guess what I was just saying is is important in that movie for them to make the Tesseract believable and make the audience understand it. Mm-hmm. And I think for somebody like my mother, it's kind of hard to latch on to those key plot points. Mm-hmm. Especially movie. if you haven't watched or heard a lot about, about the those movie. theories. So she went into yeah. it cold okay. with very little understanding of life. But calling me dead. Well, no, she's version 1.0, so you okay. went into it. So I'm cold. just now learning the English like, language. You're right. Yeah, like, yeah, so I'm sorry. Uh, cold things have many, many. No, cold and dead. <laughs> That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. What I totally thought. in the weeds. Yeah. So, so. I think we're getting off. Related. Of oh yeah, we don't allow tangents. Thank no you tangents. For clarifying that. Yeah, back to yeah. it. Thank What's you. a tangent? Is it like a hypertangent? It's like a hypertangent. Is that back? A little bit like a hypertangent. No, it's tangent. It's like geometry. Could you explain a tangent? Could you explain geometry? On air right now. <laughs> all, the all, whole, all geometry. All geometry. Yes. What was a tangent? A tangent. I remember you know. that I have the. A tangent is it's a plane a... curve at a given point. Oh yeah. That's are more you calculus. Audio, are you audio booking this? Too? Oh, I, I remember. What that's I, more I don't calculus. Know if I'm allowed I think. to use yeah. that term. Am you have I to, to announce that? that you're audio booking. Yeah. Is that? Am I allowed to use that term? What am I audio booking right tangent? now? Are you? What, what a audio booking. You heard it here first, universe. Yeah. The so it only, hits, it only hits something at one point, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. A sure plane or a line. A given point. So, uh, did your That's mother... That's not important at all to the understanding. Did your mother, or did did any, did any anyone else in this group, uh, did she cry at all in this movie? Oddly enough, my mother was not the person to cry. Um, I, I felt my one. dad was next to me. Excuse me. Right. Another blip. Wow, Before they strange. took the jettison out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, you guys don't cry every movie? No, not, cry. not each one. Oh, oh, oh. Did you both cry? Yes. Oh. It's coming back to me now. Yes. I remember like when we were watching. It's almost impossible for me to watch any of these films without crying. As, as some of you know, I have eight tear ducts. So. Um, J-Love, did you cry? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Wow. I, think I, don't I, I, I guess... If we want to talk about if we cried, it, it, we should talk about when and we yes, cried. When and why? Um, one or two places. The first one was when Matthew That's McConaughey it. version 1.0 mm-hmm. came back from the planet that was dense and near the the black hole. Yeah. So it was experiencing time slow, or uh, faster. Yeah. He was. It was seven yeah, years faster. for every yeah, seven hour, years. He right? got punched every... in the face with relativity. When he back. So when he got back to the spaceship and Romley is standing there waiting for him, it's been 27 years. Mitt Romley. Mitt Romley. Uh, Mitt Romley. Yeah, the the black gentleman. How well, do you know you're finished? Version How do you point out? I don't know. Uh, so when he's sitting there and uh, he experiences all these videotapes from his family members. Uh, Everyone's bless movie, you. Right? All right, we're all. We're not receiving any like nodding or confirmation that you guys know what part of the movie we're talking about. You know what we're talking. We're in. When oh, okay. we're all in. <laughs> Yes, You're that, mo- that point in the movie where he's re-experiencing like all of the like uh, digital messages from his family. So he's watching them grow 
and experience yes. life, major life events between his eyes. Mm -hmm. or be before see, his eyes. Before his eyes. But if Matthew McConaughey could Preposition. see... 1.0. 1.0 McConaughey. If, if Matthew McConaughey of the movie could see in the fourth dimension, you could already see... The entire lifespan like if he like could, of if your he children could always see like that in any moment. So right? Like watching the lifespan of his children could be yeah, like watching. Uh, so yeah. McConaughey still cry if he could watch his whole life. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that you have that higher dimension mm -hmm. of love that it would feel differently mm -hmm. because you could understand much more. You know, death wouldn't mean as much to uh -huh. you because you already can see when that's coming. Mm -hmm. That's, that an, that's an amazing idea. That's so if, cool if we if we perceptually could see all time at, at the same moment, things so would the things surprises would of yeah. time when yeah wouldn't happen. Which is why the classes yeah. don't seem as important because the tra trajectory of that. It's the best thing I've heard all podcast. Oh, you know, I get my inspiration from. Interstellar <laughs> YouTube video. <laughs> and the brains of people that were sucking their thoughts out. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> Good luck sucking anything out of this yeah. brain. But, yeah. Um, I did see a video from about 900 years ago, which is a very short video, which would be good for anybody who hasn't had a chance to read any of the awesome sci-fi book club mm -hmm. books, which is The Ten Dimensions. Where they explain all these things in a very easy to visualize way for us three-dimensional beings. Is yeah, that, is that a book? The Ten Dimensions. It's a YouTube video. Oh, okay. I think that the it's Ten like Dimensions. Oh, the actual Ten Dimensions oh, theory is by professors of sorts, but they made mm -hmm. a video. Oh, that's, all right. And by they, I don't know. I believe string theory has ten dimensions. Eleven. Sure. Uh, M theory has eleven. I stand it is, corrected. It is a very. This is not your uh, listener challenge. <laughs> uh, if it were, I would be wrong, and I'm never wrong in listener challenge. So, my mistake now, but I'll give you that one. You seven-legged motherfucker. Ah, uh, thank you. So I don't take all the credit, but. Do you give the credit too? Um, the people who studied string theory and helped they? me to understand. Name them all. Hyper YouTube. Check it out. Hyper YouTube? Hyper Tube. That's where she got it from. Oh, the Hyper Tube. Hyper U2 with uh, Hyper Bono. Hyper Bono. Hyper Bono. Hyper Bono 3.0 is shit, okay? Mm. Yeah, he was best at 1.0, which yes. is surprising. Yeah. Usually they get better, but. No, no, no. no so, improvements. So, Not so. I, 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 I cried at least three times. Oh, yeah. What Absolutely. are the other times? Wait, wait, three times? I, I have one of the other times. Three times in one moment or three times? They don't need to know how much we can read their minds. Throughout so the tell him when he cried. Let, let him talk about <laughs> sure. what he cried. Uh, I'd love to hear. Because I can cry eight times at once. So did you cry? Because your tests are acting more. My eight tear ducts. Your eight tear ducts. I do have eight tear ducts. How many per eye? Well, I only have two eyes, so four. I didn't know if it was like seven on the one. It could be unbalanced. It doesn't have to be. No, it's I'm a firm believer. So you're like a symmetrical God, God, what? So what dimension is that in? Can we That's talk about that film. later? Oh, yes, please. Okay. So I cried basically every time Matthew McConaughey and his daughter Murphy interacted mm -hmm. in any way. So when he left for the first time, uh, I, I, oh, yep. Get back here, is that McConaughey. A 
<laughs> that was Matthew McConaughey driving and crying with yeah. his ugly cry face. Podcast gold. Adam, There's a lot of visual Adam, stuff happening you can't see. Adam Don't worry about it. the moment is, uh, is, is like 100%. I can't tell if I'm watching Interstellar right now or if I'm just watching Adam uh, mimic Interstellar because it's pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's like he's driving a pickup truck. There's cornfields on both sides. It's, it's like it I might be a new Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, there's dust. I, I can't remember. By the way that you were holding the steering wheel, it looked like a Hyper Lincoln, if I'm not mistaken. Ooh. Yeah. That's wow. a nice Great video. observation. That's kind of what I was saying. Thank you. About. What else did you cry? These, okay. these projected blue eyes, I, don't lie. I cried. Uh, I cried at that moment. I cried when... Uh, when, is, when is the next time we see Murphy? Because I, I feel like every time I saw her, I cried. You missed it on the screen. Uh, well, just, it's just, her birthday, okay, and that's one of those that's, 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 that's the one. Okay, pretty sure that's I cried when, there. Yeah. And then again when we see her at the very end when she's old. Oh, God. That was, talk, no, that was she talks about the same age she would be whenever her father left. I cried a lot, guys. Can I talk about the time that I cried? Sure. Okay. I, I, I said I didn't want to talk about how many tear ducts I have. I thought you didn't cry. I didn't say that. I said I don't want to talk about how many tear ducts I have. Okay. That's giving away too much information. You know, you got to keep it close to the chest. Yeah. Or close to the eyes. Uh, hey, I cried you... when uh, Mufasa died. Are you crying right who, now? Who is, Muf- who is Mufasa? I, you know. No, I, I cried when Mufasa I... died and Simba was pawing him. Oh, is that from... That's not from Interstellar. No, I'm pretty no, sure. No, that's no. Interstellar. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. Have you been talking about the King Lion this whole time? Well, uh, every time we talked about any of the bad guys in the film... I assume you're talking about hyenas. I know. So, so maybe no, no. I'm talking interstellar. The interstellar. I, mean, I know. I, 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 I have one, and this is kind of a point I think we should talk about: is the casting of Matt Damon version 1.0 as right. the, the sole as, bad as guy, as Scar, okay. the uh, Scar, exactly, yeah. the lion from anti king from, from King Lion. I know Hyper Disney just released this new movie, mm. The Lion King. Yeah, it's excellent. And it sounds a lot like Hyper Lion, lion King. king. Yes. Sorry. Are they all the the 900 years later evolved versions of the oh, animals? Because right. most likely um, they could all be extinct. I can't really. Mm. Well, this is a movie, so it, yeah, they, they kind of do whatever they want. Seems like fiction. Yeah. Because I've never seen a creature that looked like what was it called a hyperlion. <laughs> hyperlion. Yeah, I've yeah. never seen one of those. But one of the hyperlions is named Mufasa, though. So that's right. Mm, sure. I might have got confused. Do you want to talk about Matt Damon 1.0? I, yeah, I do. I think um, we agree on that. I think... One second. Let us link up really quick. We're going to make sure we're on the same page. Podcast gold moment. Here we go. Yeah, we're good. Okay. We're back. Uh, I, I guess when they open the cryo chamber and um, you're expecting like just a normal average uh, yeah. average Joe actor, like somebody, a good character actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Someone you don't have a lot of you like, nothing attached preconceptions to preconceptions of. You said you get an average Matt actor. All of a sudden, because we like to watch a lot of movies yeah. from the yeah pre twenty fourteen. We sure do. And um, yeah, and time. then all of a sudden no. there's Matt Damon, Matthew Damon, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like jarring. You don't expect. Him I didn't. To be... Yeah, I agree. I didn't think he was the most. He was well pretty famous cast. for the time, right? He well, yeah, because he bought that zoo. Yeah. Well, he bought a zoo? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Right. And, then, and that's where I think that See, I got off track. And then he was a bad guy. And then he was, and then and the lions I and the I thought he was a professional and, killer, ooh. like always. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Something about identity, I don't know. And he well, lost his memory a lot like us. Oh. You want to talk about, like, solving mathematical proofs? Sure. 
you know, goodwill hunting is what I'm talking about. He also he also was like a dancing penguin in uh, the sequel to uh, that that penguin movie. The sequel to Interstellar. That's, yeah. Interstellar two, penguins in space. In dimension. Yeah, happy penguin. Interdimensional That's penguin. That's kind of a step down for him. I'd say it's a dimension up though. Touche. Uh, yeah, I, I I would tend to thank agree you. with you. He yeah. was in a sci-fi movie though. Just so everybody knows. Which one? Oh. Happy, Elysium. happy penguins. Happy Elysium, which is that's not good. Did anyone see it? Yeah, I did. You yeah. didn't like I Elysium? No, I did not. Oh well, I have a very short uh, hyper attention span, <laughs> so I'm really interested in the robots that were in Interstellar. Let's talk. Who about wants that? to yeah, talk about those? Oh, that's, yeah. that's absolutely. Because the first time I saw them, I was like, "Hey, this is in like the future in 2014. These robots are super lame. I mean." They can't even disappear and reappear. Mm-hmm. They can't do anything fun. Basic robot. No, basic robot devices. Yes. I mean, cloaking is even kind of you know dated. You know. You think that we saw the full extent of what those robots were functionally able to do? That's kind of what I'm getting into. I mean, these robots when I first saw them were just like these blocks that were you know. Kind of, they can shuffle. They can walk. Yeah, they can sprint. But the first time I sprinting. S- was amazing. The first yeah, time I seen into, that thing turn into a wheel, and yeah, that's, save the, that's yeah. trying to hit to you. Yeah, so I want to know what else these robots could do and didn't do in the movie. I also think they were very good at communicating with humans, much more than the other um, computer programmed artificial reality at the time, because mm-hmm. he would call them like Skip and nicknames and things. And uh, yes. slick, yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. On my hyper and they understood. Yeah, I totally eliminated all those functions because I don't like nicknames. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Keeps it your very hyper, Your hyperbike could understand if you could use nicknames. But you don't have a hyperbike? No. Well, hyper-bike. we're not hyper rich. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm really confused about the, the rich and not rich because I can't space afford economy Sorry, we're not hyper wealthy. Yeah, we should have a space economy talk for a whole different. Probably so. That's true. And on that note, fuck those robots. You know why? What? I never knew how many legs they had. Mm. You know what? That's it's a hard good to point count. to make oh. because yeah, at some point they were they were just well, you know right now I'm a monolith. I have no legs. And I'm monolith like, fuck is you. the Get exact out of here. word I was looking for. You're welcome. That's, that's Thank kind you of so scary. much. And then they're just trotting around on two legs. And I'm like, I'm on your side now. Why do you why are you always like this? So and then and then they do the fucking wheel thing with like six legs. Yeah. What's your deal? Yeah. Choose your amount of legs yeah. so that I can choose how much I respect like, you. Yeah, exactly. I think they actually always had four. Well, that's always fucked I up. Don't, I don't agree. I think they had more than four whenever they were doing the no, run. No, they had four when they were regular walking. I agree with that. There's two sets of, it looks like two people shoulder to shoulder, like a bag like race. Like a bag race. What's a bag no race? No bag. This is like a hyper like bag. That's regular. Three legged race. All right. All right. Not for it. Right. So... So, um, those, uh, man, there's something I want to talk about, those robots. Oh, sense of humor. What do you guys think about, uh, having a sense of humor? When they have two legs, great. <laughs> That's all I have to say. <laughs> Somebody else. Sure. I think it's super important. I think it's very for important. Legs. Uh, for no. comfort. You have as many legs as you want, as far as I'm concerned. So That's how we're different. The sense of humor. Oh, okay. um, like why give why give artificial intelligence a sense of humor? Well, you probably wouldn't like it very much if it didn't have a sense of humor. Yeah, I think it's to make it more like the people who are interacting with it, or the comfort, people, yeah, like, yeah like your comfort level, or the people who created it. 
Sorry to go deeper. Yeah, yeah I mean, in, in, my, in my mind, humor is like the best way to deal with kind of the tragedy, the tragedy of the universe. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's the way I deal with relief. my hyper tragedies. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, one more question I want to ask. Um, I, I'd definitely like to ask before we, we wrap this thing up. Um, we tesseract this thing out, actually. Tesseract. We're going to test a wrap. We're going to test a wrap. We're going to wrap it out. Yeah. So uh, one of the questions I always think about in science fiction, and I don't know if Interstellar answered this question or not. It's still an an open one to me. Um, The question is always, well, whenever there's a scenario where humanity is um, on the verge of extinction, let's say, which is kind of a standard science fiction trope. Absolutely. I think the question that has to be answered is always what makes humankind worth saving? Why why do we have that right or privilege or or do we? And in my mind, I'm not sure if Interstellar answered that or not. I mean, because you know, Matthew McConaughey is kind of like the loose cowboy, like I gotta go do this thing, all right. They, and I'm not sure if I'm I'm not sure if it answered that or not. Yeah, it's, even in the movie they say like he's from a different He's born 40 years too early or too late, which is a good way of yeah, which is a good way of saying you don't belong here. Mm-hmm. From John's standpoint, they all have two legs, so they kind of deserve to live. Amen, brother. But yeah, I think the rest of Earth was going extinct, mm-hmm. like the all the food sources, and they said, "Forget it, we're going to convert everything to crop," or mm-hmm. it all became dust. So they're. Um, Simultaneously, the most well-evolved thing on Earth, mm-hmm. perhaps not the most well-evolved thing in all the galaxies, but yeah. upon their quest, yeah. they found that they were. I think it became more important mm-hmm. because they didn't go to other planets and find that life was occurring and right. was going to go through um, an evolutionary process. Mm-hmm. So I think it made it more important to mm-hmm. to keep the human race yeah, alive. I think onto millions of more years of evolution. Mm-hmm. Well, through my research. Uh, there have been some other animals or species that have gone extinct mm-hmm. on the planet Earth. Yeah. And the humans were the only ones capable to not get go extinct. For example, the turtles. We all know how the turtles went extinct. On their backs, right? Mm-hmm. So but they were unable to save themselves. The humans contained the mental capacity to, to save themselves. Yeah. So we all have the yeah, mental absolutely. capacity of that time to destroy everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't matter how you can destroy everything else if you can We well, can't it. survive without everything else. If yeah, you can make a new yeah. everything else, I don't know. which is what they do in the movie. Yeah, I, I think what Brent's saying is, isn't it human arrogance to think that we're the only people out there and we deserve to, to live forever? Potentially. Yeah, I think that is my question. Well, I mean, 900 years in, in the past from the time of recording, yeah. uh, you know, and I don't want to give any spoilers. Besides the bang. Right. Well, you know, that's kind of, it should, it should be obvious. You, yeah. They can follow that trajectory. Yeah, right. But, um, but, but that's, you know, at their time, hum, humankind was the only time that the universe could know itself in some, some way. Uh, it was the first time that uh, the, this um, per, you know this particular amalgamation of atoms created something that could understand what what the universe was sort of all about, even in a very minute way. Which you know it's sort of laughable how minute it is at this point in time. Clearly, 
but uh, so for that reason, the universe can sort of look back on itself and say, this is what I am. This is the creation. This is the sort of penultimate version of creation at this moment. Uh, and that seems like something worth, uh, you know, continuing, you know, mm -hmm. continuing that exploration, if nothing else. Mm -hmm. uh, again, as long as it is walking on two feet. So, like your two feet, Matt Damon had the strength of the human race when he points out that the strongest emotion that a human can feel is self-preservation. Mm. Yeah. Right? So, humans ultimately... That's their strongest feeling, their strongest emotion. That's not that's not yeah. only humans though. Yeah. Um, well, and, and, in, and in the movie, yeah. it ends up becoming like a battle in some ways between like uh, self, you know, self continual or self self propagation and between love. Yeah. In some exactly. ways. But your desire to repopulate, or a human's desire, or an evolutionary equivalent in mm -hmm. our time period here of a human's desire to survive. And also to repopulate is an innate feeling of other organisms that right. don't have conscious ability. As one who had studied evolutionary biology, this is something that I feel comfortable saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that's part of the question too. So if if it partly is how you read evolution. So if it's a you know if it's sort of a cooperative and to some extent based in love, or is it based in kind of self-preservation? I think we see Matt Damon explode his self, and um, and Matthew McConaughey 1.0 save humanity. But I think that's, in my mind, the, the the question that I have is, you know, which, how or why? What do you mean, Matthew? Survive? I mean, what do you mean, Matt Damon explodes? That's literal. He li yeah, he literally, literally does oh, explode when himself. he does explode. Yeah, when I said that not the in not in front line, but like, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I think... When he I, didn't make his perfect contact. Right, exactly. <laughs> we could talk about the Fratland elements of this film as well. It was a, yeah. Yes. Some killer bass solos that easily could have blown. I think, we, I think we only have like two hours left on this podcast. So I'm going to make what I have to say right now. It's <laughs> really sweet. Just kidding. We have less than that. For you, not here in the past, I don't understand irony. Get with the picture. Uh, but basically, no. I mean, what I, what I said about like, you know... Uh, the the highest being the most conscious being being the first that could understand the universe mm -hmm. that's like the difference actually and you could call that love you could call it whatever you want but but that's what makes you know saving human lives uh, vicious air quotes mm -hmm. uh, more important than saving like bacteria uh, or something else because there are way more bacterium in the human body not years in the past than there are anything else. Like there's more bacterial cells in your body than human cells. Uh, but what separates that is that this consciousness exists only in the human cells. Uh, so, so a way for, you know, uh, the universe to look back and not necessarily love itself, but, but love in general. So that's, that's, that's the important thing. Yeah, the I neurological think. evolution of love, and then mm -hmm. in the combination with the consciousness that began in humans, or mm -hmm. the homo sapien version yeah. of humans, yeah. is exactly how you describe it. Yeah. So a human is built up of all of these things, from cell, individual cells, individual mass. atoms, but we're speaking of the consciousness. Mm -hmm. So the consciousness is able to save itself, but mm -hmm. the atoms and the 
chem- or the chemicals and the cells inside the body are not necessarily able to save themselves. That we're not- so we're just talking right. about the human consciousness. Yeah. Okay. Is that what makes us worth saving? Is that we are conscious? Awareness and aware. Because we want to be saved. We're the first beings that ever wanted to be saved. Or not wanted to, but could save themselves. In some ways, I think those are the same things. No, I don't. I don't think so. Because the turtles, they, they wanted to save themselves right? until until yeah, survival we, is. We all remember the Great Turtle Massacre. So. Why did you have to bring that up? No, I, just I kidding. They're way, four-legged. Fuck them. Too soon. I'm gonna. Cry. I instigated that shit. Too just kidding. Soon. I did. Too soon. <laughs> but too soon. humor overcomes tragedy. Yeah. So you know, dead turtles. Ha! Hilarious. Ha-ha! All day, baby. Comedy gold. Podcast platinum. Uh, well, I, I think we're getting me. we're getting awfully close to uh, the time when we need to tesseract this thing out of here. Heard that. It's been really exciting to uh, have all of you guys make the, the long and confusing journey through multiple dimensions and space-time out here to the Galactic Center. It was great that you Thank put you out that. Yeah, thanks for I'm way too hyper-buzzed yeah. to tesseract. Mm. Are you really? I am. There's going to be a lot of Tessa rapping happening. Right yes. now. I hope people are up to it. I have a... Yeah? Any closing, no, no, no. Any closing thoughts before we Tessa rap this out? No, I think we covered it, everything. I think this opens up a lot of new doors for people who are listening to the podcast. You can only hope so. And hopefully they can have good conversations like we all have. It's impossible to kill human consciousness. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first, universe. And that's why this podcast is the best podcast in all the universe. That's 100% true. I would say 200% true. Do you want to start with a rap with a beat, John? And uh... I live in Flatland. It's not so bad, man. I met a sphere once. Went to his place. Pretty cool. I should mention, took me to another dimension. Blew my mind, that's right, but it didn't really explode like Matt Damon. Want to talk to my daughter, name is Murphy. How am I going to get through these books? I don't know. What rhymes with Murphy? It's hard to say, but you know, it'll be coming up soon. But, yeah, but, what, what rhymes with Murphy? A week ago, I was eating turkey. That rhymes with Murphy. Talking cranberry sauce, talking your cranberry boss. Two legs, not chicken legs, not turkey legs. Bring me two eggs, which come from turkeys and chickens. I'm kicking in five dimensions, just kidding, just four dimensions. Should I mention, we got people here that don't want to be mentioned. Just sitting on the side, sitting being aside, like at your turkey dinner, talking mashed potatoes, talking gravy. (laughs) That just goes on top of the mashed potatoes. None of this shit rhymes, but if it did... It would be like limes, meaning add spice to the dish, add spice to the main event, to the wish that 
This actually rhymed. That we're actually in time and not in space. And not making this shit a disgrace by having more than two legs like a four-legged race. That's a disgrace. <laughs> uh, see ya. Your honey hair 